0: We are talking a little bit about the Ten Commandments today, um, and we're continuing our Moses series. Um, we've been talking about Moses for, gosh, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks now. I'm not sure where we're at, um, but there's a lot when we dig into Moses. Um, we already talked about, you know, his, kind of his upbringing. We talked about, you know, the, the slavery, how the uh, Israelites were in bondage in Egypt uh, last, we talked about the burning bush we talked about last week um, Cameron told about the um, the water from the rock, talked about the the fighting of the Amicalites and all that sort of stuff um, so now we are to the point where they have pretty much almost made it into the promised land, sort of, kind of um, they've, they've passed the point where they're fighting and this is where God is coming to speak to his people God is coming to speak to the Israelites and that's when he gives the Ten Commandments um, Now, if you've been around any church at all for any amount of time, you've probably heard of the Ten Commandments. Um, And if you haven't at least heard of it, you can probably at least recite two or three. Um, Especially if you're a parent, honor thy father and mother. Uh, That's the one that my mom used to tell me all the time. That might have been the only commandment I knew growing up was, hey, the Lord says to honor your father and mother. Just so you know. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, But if you know of any sort of commandments... um, You'll know that there are 10 of them that God says, hey, this is, you know, you should do this, you should do this, you shouldn't do this, that sort of thing. And I could get up here and we could go through that, pick that out verse by verse and talk about, you know, what each commandment means. But I don't necessarily want to take that approach. I want to take a little bit of a different approach because I'm sure most of you in here, like I said, have heard the Ten Commandments before, can recite them. I want to take what you know about the Ten Commandments and kind of flip it on its head a little bit. Um, I want to take it and look at it from a different perspective and see if you can kind of gain any other sort of insight to what the Ten Commandments might actually mean. Um, And here's what I mean by that. Before we dig in or anything like that, we need to understand the context. Um, I'm really big on context, especially in the Bible. Um, You can even ask ask my sixth graders. Um, In case you didn't know, I teach sixth grade students. Um, You can even ask them. I am huge on context. What setting or what sort of stuff is going on that this story is placed in? I teach social studies as well, so context is extremely important for me. When we talk about wars or we talk about battles or we talk about specific people, in order to fully understand, you have to understand what's going on at the time. The Bible is the exact same way. If you don't understand the context in which the story is written in and the time period it's written in, you might gain something totally different than what was supposed to be gained from it. For example, we have a lot of, um, there's a lot of people this day and age um, who are taking verses out of the Bible and interpreting them in a different way because they're not taking into account the context in which it was written. They're twisting it. They're saying, well, this is what it says. And I get that's what it says, but if you read in the context of which that verse is, it means something totally different. So context is extremely important when we talk about the Bible. And context is extremely important, I think, when we talk about the Ten Commandments. For example, this is what's happened so far. So we have Moses, and we have, them, we have him leading the Israelites out of Egypt. Remember, the Israelites were enslaved. They've been enslaved for generations in Egypt. They're under the Egyptian rule. They're under the Egyptian law. They're doing everything that the Egyptians tell them to do. And they get out and they are on this way to this promised land that God has promised them. Moses is their leader. And this is the context for which God comes and gives the Ten Commandments. All right? So you got to have this mindset. Moses and the Israelites have been traveling. They are coming out of Egypt, and they are trying to come to the Promised Land, which is something totally new to them. Something totally different than where they were in slavery and in Egypt. So that's the context for this. So when we start, I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Because here's what happens if you don't. If you just read the Ten Commandments, if you open up Exodus 20, which is where we're going to be, by the way. Um, if you open up Exodus 20... And you just start reading the list of Ten Commandments. Thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt do this, you cannot do this. Then it just kind of looks like a laundry list of things that God is telling you, hey, you can do this, but you can't do this, right? It's almost sort of this kind of restrictive sort of list that he gives you. Now, don't get me wrong. The Ten Commandments are a list of things, hey, you need to do this, you should do this, you shouldn't do this. But if you just read it at its face and don't understand the context in which God is giving it to you, it almost sounds like God is being that mean parent who is saying, I don't want you to have any fun. I don't want you to be, you know, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to have, I want you to be restricted to what I want you to do because I'm the father. I'm the head of the household, right? If you read it in that sort of context, that's what you get. But I'm here to argue and I'm here to, hopefully show you that that's not God's intentions with these Ten Commandments. If you look all throughout the Bible, not just in this section, but all throughout the Bible, you'll see that God is a God of um, permission and freedom. He's not a God of restriction. He's not a God of rules and regulations to make sure that you are restricted into this tight little box as a Christian, right? That's not what God is. If you look all throughout, um, you know, the things that God does and the thing that Jesus did when he came, it's all about that relationship and obedience. It's all about, hey, let me help you push towards freedom in Christ. And I would argue that the Ten Commandments are a big part of that. But in order to understand that, like I said, you've got to know the context in which that's happening. These Ten Commandments are written to eventually for the Israelites to achieve ultimate freedom, right? They were in bondage. They were in slavery. These Ten Commandments were written to get out of that. In our example, like I just said, they were being taken out of Egypt, right? So this is after God parted the Red Sea. This is after he helped them defeat the Amalekites. This is after all of this that happened, he had taken them out of Egypt. But the first part in the beginning process that God wanted to do after that Was to take the Egypt out of the Israelites. I'm going to say that one more time. Because that's extremely important. That distinction. You can take the Israelites out of Egypt. But the hard part. Is taking the Egypt out of them. Because they had been in that for generations. For centuries. Some of them didn't even know. What it was like to be free. Some of them didn't even know. What it was like to not be in bondage. To not be under Egyptian rule. God knew that the hard part and the hard process here was going to be to take what they had learned and to take what they had ingrained in their memory from Egypt out of them and turn them into what God wants them to be. Free. So that's the context that we're talking about here. Let's get personal for a minute before we dive in. We can get personal. How many of that, how many of you we feel like that, right? How many of us feel like that? Because here's what happens. For most of us, living in complete and total freedom is something totally unfamiliar than what we're used to. We're used to being over here in bondage, whether that's slaves to addiction, whether that's slave to toxic emotions, whether that's slave to a bad relationship. That's what's familiar to us. That's what we know. That's predictable. What's unpredictable is this over here. Total and complete freedom and just totally abandoned to what God wants. We're not used to that. And most of the time, I would argue that most of us in this room, me included, we're going to choose what we know, the predictable, the familiar, every single time. Because we're used to it. Because it's where we came from. Because it's how we grew up. Because it's what feels right. And even though we know freedom is over there, it's scary, it's dangerous, and we don't know how to do it. If you grew up in a household that the toxic and bad stuff was with you you know, forever, you don't know how to be free. You don't know how to get out of that. That's unpredictable, that's unfamiliar, it's scary. And we're going to choose that, what we know, 99% of the time. Because we don't know any other choice. We don't know how to get out. So when God took Moses up on Mount Sinai to give him these Ten Commandments, he was giving Moses the instructions to tell the Israelites how to get out of the predictable and familiar and move to total and complete freedom. These Ten Commandments were a means to an end. They weren't, hey, I'm trying to restrict your freedom. I know you just came out of slavery, and I know you've been, you know, stuck in that for a while. So now I'm going to give you ten restrictions that you also have to obey with me. That's not what this was about. This was about helping those Israelites make it from slavery to something to total and complete freedom. There were guidelines. There were directions on how to achieve total freedom. So with that being said, and to kind of understand where that is, let's, um, let's kind of start in Exodus 20. Uh, that's where we're going to be. And we're just going to start in verse 1 really quick. And I think we have that. We do. And God spoke all these words. All right, let's stop there pretty, sorry, there's not much there, but there's a lot we can pull out from that. And God spoke all these words. Okay, sure, great, awesome. He spoke these words to Moses. Why is that important? That's important because it shows, hey, this is what God is saying. God spoke every single thing that is about to come next. We have people in our culture, in our world right now, that are arguing and saying, Ten Commandments didn't come from God. Moses made those up. Moses added those in. Moses changed some stuff. People are changing that. This isn't really what God wanted. This says otherwise. This says no. All of this is exactly from God, and he spoke every single word of this. And what's even more important is that we have a lot of people as well in our culture that are saying, well, you know... If you translate the word commandment all the way back to like the greek and the hebrew and the arabic and whatever you want to translate it back to this word commandment actually translates to sayings not necessarily commandment so it's not like he's commanding us to do it he's just saying we should do it it's more of a suggestion okay well even if you take that on its face even if that is true even if these are suggestions well god said them So I think he would probably know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Even if they are just suggestions, we should still probably be following that, right? Because what's important here is that God said them. Is that God said, hey, this is what you need to do to follow. This is what you need to do to obey. He spoke every single one of these words. So let's go ahead and read um, just these next... um, verses 2 through 17, it's actually reading through the Ten Commandments. Um, we might stop here and there, but I'm not going to break this down commandment by commandment. For one, we don't have time for all that. And two, um, a lot of you are familiar with them anyway, um, so I don't want to, you know, just re- redo this. I have some other stuff I want to get to. But so if you go in verse 2, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, You shall not make an image for yourself in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations who love me and keep my commandments. Hang on to that word, love. That's a big one. We'll come back to that in a minute. Who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So, again, if we just read those Ten Commandments, it sounds like God is being picky. It sounds like God is being restrictive. It sounds like God is saying, all right, here's what's going to happen. In order for you to follow me, you're going to do that, you're going to do that, you're going to do that, and that, and that, and that. And if you do all of those, awesome. I'll love you, but that's not what this is because that's not how God works. This isn't a list of things saying, you must obey all of these for me to love you. That's not what it is. He knows we can't obey all of those 10 things, even just those 10 things that he said. He knows we're going to break those at some point. He knows that. That's not the goal of these 10 commandments. The goal is to set a guideline and a standard to try to reach to. That's why God is a loving God. He's a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. Because if it was totally up to us, we would be done a long time ago. Because there is no way that anybody can follow even just all ten of these. Right? There's no way. There's one person who did it, and that was Jesus. He was perfect. He's the only one. If it were up to me, if it were just up to my strength, my ability, my goal, my whatever it takes out of me to reach heaven, I couldn't do it on my own because I more often than not break one of these 10 commandments, right? I'm not totally perfect in living the way God wants me to, but that's okay. We're trying, we're striving, we're trying to get there. As long as you set these as a standard for yourself to say, God, I'm trying, I'm reaching, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. He's going to honor that. Now, as long as you are actually trying, you can't just say, hey, God, you know, I'm trying. And then you just continue to do the same thing over and over and over and over. That's a little different. But if you are continuously trying and striving to do that, then God's going to honor that. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. Let's go to verse 18 and 19 real quick. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So I want to stop right there and I want to go back to verse 19 real quick if we can do that please. Because there's something I want to point out. Speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. Uh, actually, let's go one more. Verse 20, sorry. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will keep you from sinning. We hear a lot about fearing God. Like, what, what does godly fear look like? Why should we be scared of this loving and gracious God? Why should we be scared of that? And I liken it to if you take at its face the relationship God wants with us, which is him to be the father and us to be his children, then don't complicate it. Think about a father and children in our sort of setting, right? If you think about a father, um, in most households, um, you know, I have a lot of friends who were terrified of their father. If they did something wrong, as soon as dad got home, they knew it was business time. They knew they were in trouble, right? They knew that as soon as dad walks through that door, it's about to be a bad, bad time for them because they disobeyed his rules, right? Jesus, or God, has that same relationship with us. We should have a healthy fear of God because of that, because he's our father. He sets these rules and these rules things that he wants us to live by. Just like our father sets the rules for our house, right? You've heard the line that even on TV shows, they say, well, as long as you live under my roof, you're going to follow my laws. You're going to follow what I say or else, right? My mom would always give me the fist and say to the moon, Alice. And to this day, I still have no idea what that means. I'm assuming it's an old reference, but anyway, she said that to me all the time. And it was, if you know my mother, she's very intimidating. no one ever, but anyway. Um, But what I'm try- the point I'm trying to make here is if you take the same relationship that God has and God wants with us and translate it to the modern sort of family atmosphere, the, God, the father, the mother, the children, then it makes sense. These Ten Commandments make sense. Your parents don't place rules on you because they hate you and because they want to restrict your ever-loving being, right? Right? They don't restrict you so you never leave the house so you don't have any fun. That's not why your parents do it. Your parents do it because they love you and they're trying to help you grow into something that will be free from, you know, all of the bad stuff. If, you know, they put blocks on, you know, whatever it is you can play, if they say you can't play, you know, M-rated games or T-rated games and you can only see, you know, rated PG movies, They're doing it not so you won't have any fun, but so that as you're growing up, you can be totally free from all that junk. You can be totally free from the bondage. Going back to the Bible and our example of Israel, God was setting these rules not so that they wouldn't have any fun and that they they couldn't live freely, but he was doing it so they could live in freedom. Because if you've never been in true freedom, you don't know how. You don't know what true freedom looks like. You don't know how to live here. You don't know what it takes to be here. You have to have some sort of guidelines. And that's what God was doing. He was setting up these sort of guidelines to get us to where we need to be. And if you read on, and I'm not going to read on past this part um, because that's for next week and it's very lengthy, um, God goes on to give more instructions for the Israelites on how to live. It's not just these Ten Commandments. If you read the next few chapters after, he gives even more specific instructions. And again, that's not to just restrict them. It's to teach them how to live in freedom. It's to teach them how to come out of bondage. It's to teach them how to get from the unfamiliar to the familiar. From the familiar to the unfamiliar. There we go. I'm getting confused here. That's the point of these instructions. So with that being said, as we kind of close here, um, I I, I want this part to be very reflective. Um, I intentionally kept this sort of speaking short because I want to give a time of reflection here. Because I think it's extremely important having this context in mind and thinking about what just happened and what we just talked about with these commandments aren't necessarily meant to restrict you. They're meant to take you into freedom. I want you to think for a minute. What sort of rule or restriction or regular or whatever you want to call it, do you need to implement personally? Because see, we've all got crap that's going on over here that's different for everybody it's different for every person it's different for every single person we've all got junk that's going on what sort of rule what sort of commandment do you need to implement on a personal level to get you from there to there to get you out of the bondage and in to total and complete freedom what sort of rule do you need to put in place to get you out of the addiction to get you out of the toxic emotions, to get you out of the bad relationships and get you into total and complete freedom. I want you to take a look at the screen real quick. Thou shalt blank. What do you need to put in that blank and implement on a personal level to get you to where you need to be? It can be anything. It can be anything at all. It could be, um, you could say, thou shalt release. You could put the word release in there. Maybe you need to release some anger. Maybe you need to release some hatred that you have in your heart that's burdening you and tightening its grip so bad on you that you're stuck here and can't make it to there because of the hatred and grudge you have against somebody. Maybe you need to put thou shalt release in that blank. You could even put a knot in front of the blank. You could put, thou shalt not um, settle. Maybe you're settling for what's going on in your life right now. Maybe you're saying, I can't get any better than this God, so I'm just going to take whatever I have. This job I have, it, it's, it's fine. It's okay. I'm content. I'm, it's okay. This relationship that I'm in, it's, I, you know, it's not my dream relationship. I know they're not the perfect person, but, but I can make it work. Because I don't have anything better. Maybe you need to not settle. Maybe that's what needs to go there. It can be anything. Um, you can put, you know, you need to, thou shalt recognize. Recognize who God is. Recognize what God is. Thou shalt appreciate. Maybe you need to learn to appreciate God more or appreciate the people around you more. Just in the issue of full disclosure, I'll tell you what I should put in the blank. It should be rejoice. Rejoice thou shalt rejoice. I am in one of the most exciting times in my life right now with my job, getting married, all of that sort of stuff. I've got a lot of stuff going on and I'm so excited and I'm so excited that I forget that it comes from God and maybe I need to rejoice in the things that God has given me and I've forgotten to do that. For me, that blank would say, thou shalt rejoice. And for some of you, Maybe the real word that needs to go in that box is receive. Thou shalt receive. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, Jackson, there are too many things that I'm a slave to to put in that one blank. There are too many things going on in my life right now to fit it in one blank. Well, then maybe receive is the right word for you. Maybe you need to receive God this morning. Maybe you need to receive that joy and love of the Father that we just talked about. Maybe you've been in church your whole life or you've heard your whole life that Christianity is restrictive and it's regulatory and it's, it's not meant to have any fun. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, I'm having a lot of fun in my life. He's done so many things for me that I can't even imagine. If you would have told me, like eight years ago, right after I graduated high school, that this is where I would be, getting up here, being able to do this, do chapel services, you know, teaching, coaching. I would have said, there is no way. Maybe you need to receive God this morning. Maybe that's the word for you that needs to go in this blank. You need to get rid of all of the junk that has been going on, and you need to say, God, I want to receive you to go on that other side. I need to be on that side of freedom. I need to be there. I want to have those guidelines to how to live in freedom because I have no idea how to do it. And I'll be honest with you guys, we don't have all the answers either, but we're trying. We're doing our best. That's what we're here for. And that's what's so awesome about it. So what we're going to do is I've asked um, Logan to play Um, He's going to play a song, um, and I want you to just think for you personally, what goes in that blank for you, different for everybody in the room, what goes in that blank to get you from bondage to total freedom, and if you want to receive Christ, then we're going to pray in a second, and you can, um, I'll help you do that. And then um, in a second as well, when Logan starts playing, I'm going to ask Pastor Frank to kind of come stand down here. Um, The altar will be totally open for you. If you want to come get right with God and say, God, this is what needs to go in my blank. These are the things that I need to start doing to help get me to where you want me to be in freedom. Come down here. It's open. Pastor Frank will be here if you need to talk to him. But for the rest of you, while Logan is singing, just think about it. Just reflect on that. Because it's so important. So if you would pray with me. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us, God. Just this ability to be able to come here and, and learn and worship and fellowship with you, God. I pray that as we think about this, we think about what do I need to do to get out of bondage, God. I've been living in sin and slavery for too long. What can I do to make it to freedom? How can I get there, God? What does that look like for me? And if you were one of the people that says, Jackson, I need to put receive in that blank. I need to receive God this morning because I don't even know where to start. I'm so far in bondage and slavery that I need somebody to rescue me. And if that's you this morning, then all it takes is for you to say something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that the things I have been doing are not right, and I have not been living for you. And I want to ask you, God, to come into my heart, cleanse me of all of that junk that has been going on, and save me. I need you to save me, God. I need you to be there and pull me out of what I'm stuck in. If that's you, and you just said that prayer, or you're thinking about saying that prayer, please come up and talk to Pastor Frank. Talk to me. Talk to somebody. And for the rest of you, while you're thinking about what does, what does true freedom look like and what sort of things do you need to implement to get there, this altar is open for you. So as Logan sings, you move.